Today and tomorrow are, tomorrow, today and Monday are two of the great feasts in our church year that often get overlooked because unless they fall on a Sunday, if you don't come to weekday mass, you don't celebrate those feasts. Today being the feast of all saints and Monday the feast of all souls. Starting this month of November where we pray for the dead throughout the month until we begin Advent. Feast of All Saints is the recognition that we know many saints by name, but that there are a multitude of saints in heaven that we collectively pray with and pray to today on this feast. That by the fourth century already in the church, there were so many saints they couldn't have each their own feast day. And so they created the Feast of All Saints to group them all into one so that we didn't forget all of the ones who are often forgotten. Have you ever heard of the Church Triumphant, the Church Suffering, and the Church Militant? The Church Triumphant are those who are in heaven with God, the souls in heaven with God. The Church Suffering are the souls that are presently in purgatory during their final purification on their way to God. And the church militant is us. And if you remember from when we pray the Apostles' Creed, maybe you still pray it with your rosary, we say, I believe in the communion of saints. I think what most people believe that means is the communion of saints, those that are with God, the blessed in heaven. But the communion of saints is the church triumphant, the church suffering, and the church militant altogether. We are the communion of saints. We form a communion and we are called saints. Not canonized saints in the church, but we are saints. How? Saints are those, like we heard in our responsorial psalm, those who seek the face of God. That makes you a saint. Or like St. John says in his first letter, those who are children of God are saints. The communion of saints, the church triumphant, suffering, and militant, this communion of saints are all those who share the same destination, which is God, and all those who share collectively in the grace that comes from Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection. That's what makes us part of this communion of saints. That is the reason why we pray to the saints and why we remember them in our life of faith. Not just because of the example that they give us, but because we have a real communion with them. We have a relationship with them. Our first reading from the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is always confusing because it's a vision that St. John receives from God. But what helps us to understand it, it's a vision that St. John receives while he's exiled on the island of Patmos while he's celebrating Mass. And so all of the imagery that comes in is very liturgical. And so just to kind of paint the picture for you, when he talks about the 144,000, the witnesses that are present before the throne, 144,000, 1,000 in that time was considered a very large number. And the 144 is 12 times 12, 12 being the 12 tribes of Israel. Times 12 is what? 
It's the people all over the earth. A multitude of people is what that number is talking about. A number that you can't count. Before where? Where are they? Before the throne. The throne of God, the one who is victorious, the king. And who is with him? The lamb, the son of the father. The one who takes away the sins of the world. The victorious lamb. Who else is there? The angels. Who else? The elders, who are the apostles. Who else? Talks about the four creatures. The four creatures represent the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then who else? Those who have gone through the great ordeal and who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and are dazzling white. Our baptismal garment. Us, present. And if you go on Google when you get home and you just type in the Mass with the angels and you look at the images that come up, there's beautiful depictions in our artistic history of a priest celebrating Mass with this vision surrounding him, where he is standing at the altar celebrating the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and above him is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, surrounded by the saints and the angels in glory around him, and below his feet are the souls suffering in purgatory, longing for the fulfillment of the promise given to them by God. That's what we share in every time we come to the Mass. Most, maybe none of us, probably none of us, see that reality. But that's why we sing the song of the angels just before we enter into the Eucharistic prayer. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. This is the communion of saints taking place here. And what ties us all together? Christ, the Eucharist. And what does the church give us today as we reflect on the lives of all the saints in the gospel? The Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is an option for the gospel in a wedding and in a funeral. And I can tell you it's often chosen as the gospel at weddings and funerals because I think people think it sounds nice but I don't think they actually read it close enough to know what it's saying because I don't think they would pick it if they actually paid attention to what Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes. So here's a contemporary interpretation of what Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes. The promises are beautiful. You will be in heaven. You will see God. You will inherit the earth. But what, who are the ones who inherit the earth, who see the face of God, who are the blessed in heaven? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who have no attachment to material goods. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who don't have a longing to always feel good. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who willingly let go of control. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who never tear down others to build themselves up. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who never insist on their own justice. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who confront the evil within themselves faithfully. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who draw in the outcast rather than trying to protect what is their own. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are those who are not addicted to the approval of others. This is the life of a saint. This is the blessed in heaven. But why is this feast, why is this communion of saints so important to our Catholic expression of our life of faith? Because it is very particularly Catholic, this communion of saints. Three reasons. First, it's not just me and God. There is never a moment where you are in prayer where it's just you and God. You are never alone in your prayer. It's part of the reason Jesus taught us our Father, not my Father, who art in heaven, our Father, who art in heaven. Every time we go to prayer, we are never alone. The saints and the angels are with us in prayer always, imperceptible to our senses, but promised to be there. The difference between the angels and the saints is this, are the saints are the ones who have lived this life that God has given us. They know the ordeals and they rejoice in heaven and they spend their heaven praying for the souls on earth so that we might be united with Christ one day. We're part of something so much bigger than what is just experienced through our senses. And the saints remind us of this. Two, prayer is what unites us because we are one in the body of Christ. And so when we are in prayer, we are united in this communion of saints. It's what draws us towards God and to heaven. It's what gives us the hope that this life is possible because when we read the Beatitudes, we go, well, that's too much for me. But the saints give us the hope that this is a reality. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just a lofty ideal. It is a way of blessedness, of beatitude. And third, we can draw from the merits of their, the grace from their merits. It's what we prayed in the opening prayer. What is their merit? Their merit is that they lived their life mirroring the life of Christ. And so we can draw from that grace. It's the reason why we pray to the saints, not because they can do anything for us on their own, but because they are so in communion with Christ that by praying to them, they draw us into communion with Christ. We can draw from the grace that their lives bring. It's the reason why we have patronage for all of our buildings as Catholics. What is our parish? not Fort Saskatchewan Catholic Church. Our Lady of the Angels, she's our patroness. She is the one who prays for us unceasingly in heaven to protect our parish from the things that we cannot see and to help lead and guide us to God and to heaven. Maybe your own name, you have the blessing of your own name being under the patronage of a saint. It used to be the only names that Catholics were allowed to give their children because you had to have a patron, which is why sometimes children had multiple names squished together because you wanted as many patrons for that child as you could. 
Maybe your own name is your patron saint. Or one of the traditions in the church that we've sadly lost and didn't do it this year again because I forgot, but we are going to do it next year, which is confirmation day. That at the time where you are confirmed, you choose a saint and you take their name so that they might be your patron, that you might benefit from the merit of the graces that they gained in this life. We pray to them. It's why we name our schools after saints, because this draws us into this reality and this communion that is bigger than our senses. And this becomes the reminder that our Christian life isn't just first and foremost about our moral life. It's about the gift that we receive in this life, in this communion with God. So, today, at Mass, when we're celebrating the Eucharist, picture the angels and the saints surrounding us with their prayer. Picture this like the vision St. John was given, that we are sharing in, as St. Thomas Aquinas says, the bread of angels is what we receive. Then, pray to your patron saint today. Maybe that's your namesake. If you don't have a patron saint based on your name, choose one if you don't have one already. St. Christopher was unfortunately deemed a myth, and so he doesn't really exist, so my name doesn't count anymore. But I've chosen other saints to pray for me because we need it. And strive for sanctity. Draw from the graces that come from the lives of the saints. Strive for it because blessed are those who seek the face of God.